I haven't thought about this in years. I don't know what made me remember this repressed memory of mine, but here we go. As a 15-year-old girl who wasn't the shiniest coin in the jar, I very much craved attention from guys. I didn't date at all until I went to college. No guys at my school really showed interest in me. The ones I thought might never made a move either. So I found the Whisper app. On the Whisper app, you can post anonymously. Things like your thoughts, feelings, where basically everyone could see, as well as people only a few miles away. In fact, there is a separate tab for whispers from your area. You can heart people's posts, reply to them, or direct chat with the person. You choose what info about yourself is available to be seen when someone decides to direct message you, such as age and gender. I chose not to make that information public. I don't remember what I posted, but someone DM'd me. Their info didn't say much either besides their gender. I was obviously very naive and assumed that it was a guy my age who wanted to talk to me because the words that he chose and how his messages were written made him seem younger. He asked some questions about me, like how old I was, my interest, what I did for work, etc. I answered those questions. He also asked to see a picture of me. I sent him a picture. He told me how beautiful I was and how I was out of his league. He would dodge questions about himself. He would say that he was boring and that he just wanted to talk about me. I eventually managed to get him to send a picture of himself. You guessed it, mid 40s man. I was surprised he sent an honest picture of himself, but at this point, I was very understandably freaked out. He then started asking to take me out to dinner. I stopped talking to him at this point, but he kept trying and saying stuff like, I'll take you somewhere really nice. I'll throw in a massage. I figured out how you can block people, so that's what I did. I didn't really think much of it after that. I basically forgot about the conversation after I fell asleep that night. A couple weeks later, I was at work and it was slammed. The checkout line was starting to wrap around the small store I worked at. There was only one line but two checkout registers at the counter. I just finished checking out a large order and I kind of just looked up to see how bad the line was and if it seemed like it was going to calm down soon. That's when I made eye contact with a familiar face. I couldn't quite place it at first. Then the man smiled and slightly mouthed, Hi. The image he sent in the chat immediately flashed into my mind, and I felt my stomach drop and my heart raise. I was fucking terrified and really, really didn't want to check this guy out. I made sure to check out people way slower than I normally do. My coworker checked him out, but I could feel him staring at me. He even tried to wave goodbye to me as he left, and I refused to even slightly turn my head in his direction. As soon as it calmed down in the store, I went to the bathroom and had a huge panic attack where I nearly threw up. When my mom came to pick me up from work, I very closely watched the side mirror to make sure we weren't being followed by anyone. After that day, I stopped answering DMs if it wasn't someone who wanted to have an actual conversation about something I posted. Long story short, monitor your children's online activity. They may hate you at the time for it, but trust me, they need supervision. I made this friend on Reddit, Carl. I suppose it's risky posting this because Carl could still be on here, but I actually don't care. This is a new count anyways. 
I met Carl because we frequented the same subreddits and always bumped into each other in threads. I used to be an active redditor, now I'm just a lurker. Carl private messaged me one night when he was drunk saying that he needed a friend because he had no one else to talk to, that he needed someone to vent to about shit in his life. I obliged and we became friends and we became pen pals. We'd just email each other every day or message on discord. We talked about all kinds of stuff. We vented a lot about our lives and personal situations. As far as I knew, Carl was a couple years older than me, originally from Russia, but living in Colorado. He had a child and a girlfriend. He posted pictures of himself on various subreddits and also on the genealogy subreddit with his DNA results. This is important later. Carl started getting mad if I didn't reply quickly enough and acting weird. Other than that, things were fine. He loves drama, loves talking shit about people, so we would do that a lot. I also noticed that he was extremely paranoid about many things, but I didn't really take it too seriously. I made a subreddit based off a 2007 live journal where we would basically shitpost and we would post stories every day. This other person joined us, John, who apparently was already online friends with Carl. They claimed that they went to the same high school and randomly found each other on Reddit. It had been about a year of a friendship at this point. I noticed that some of Carl's stories weren't adding up and neither were John's. Something seemed a little off, but I didn't know what. We continued being friends and I got close to Carl and John. However, I lied a little bit to them. I didn't give them a real name. I said I lived in Wyoming, even though I don't. I looked up information about the city that I claimed to live in. Other than that, everything I told them was true. I was just concerned about privacy. For some reason, I didn't want them to know exact names and details. Carl was creepy sometimes because he would look at remove reddit or other websites to see the shit I posted then deleted and then ask me why I deleted it. I got increasingly suspicious. I sent a link to a Facebook meme to Carl and John. However, you could only see the meme if you were joined to the private group. John ended up joining the group and I found his real Facebook. I found out that John lived in New Hampshire, not Colorado. I messaged him and asked him if he really went to school with Carl. He claimed he did. I asked him not to tell Carl, but apparently he did tell him that I asked him this. I forgot exactly what went down, but I sent a picture of an art piece I did to Carl. In the background was my cat with her tag visible. Carl blew up the photo and zoomed in, saw my mother's phone number on the tag, used an app to find her, then found her Facebook, then found me. This is part of the reason why I deleted Facebook. Carl then confronted me saying he knows I don't live in Wyoming. He knows my name and my address. He asked me why I lied and tried to guilt trip me for lying to him. He said that tracking me down was revenge for trying to track down John, but later claimed the revenge thing was a joke. I was so creeped out, but I continued to be friends with him. I tried asking if he wanted to Skype or talk on the phone, since it had been so long and we never tried that. He made an excuse to why he couldn't do that. One night, he eventually broke down and said, I have something to tell you. It took days of prying for him to actually tell me. He finally told me that his name was not Carl. He's not from Colorado. 
He has a kid, but she's older than three, like he said before, that the pictures were not him, and most details about his life were fake. Most importantly, that he's not even Russian, so the DNA test posts were fabricated. I'm not sure whose they were in that case. And John, he didn't go to Carl's school. He and Carl met on Reddit, and they never knew each other in real life. For whatever reason, John lied for Carl to me. John also helped Carl blow up my photo in order to track me down. John's real name was John, and that was indeed the real Facebook I found. But Carl would not budge. He would not admit who he really was. Carl started joking that he knew everything about me, and I knew nothing about him, and that he was going to message my girlfriend or mother and tell them some lies about me. Amateur jokes, not serious blackmail. I eventually ghosted him, and as far as I know, he never messaged any of my family members or my girlfriend. He never shipped anything to my house. We just never spoke again. Creepy encounter, because I think it was creepy as fuck that some stranger out there knows all about me, and I know nothing about them. I'll never know who Carl really was. His original Reddit account has been inactive for over a year. Hi everyone. I've been online dating for a while. I've had some interesting experiences, but none quite like this before. I wanted to share with everyone what happened on this crazy date. About two weeks ago, I matched with this girl on Tinder. She was really cool and fun to talk to at first, and we hit it off pretty well. She was funny and had an interesting sense of humor. She was attractive. Nothing stuck out as weird or odd about her appearance, really. She had a lot of tattoos, which I liked a lot. There were certain comments that she would make at times that just seemed pretty dark and morbid. Another thing I found weird was that she insisted on driving. I figured it was because she had a nice car and wanted to show it off. Nope. When she came to get me, she pulled up in a pretty beat up dark brown van. When I got in, I noticed an awful smell. It was messy with trash and dirty clothes everywhere. I didn't want to say anything about it and I just made casual conversation. We went out to eat, which was normal for the most part. After we left, she said that she wanted to drive me to a spot she likes to go to. She said it was secluded and deep in the woods, so I figured she just wanted to make out or something like that. When we got there, she got out of the van and ran off sprinting. I was confused and in shock at this point. I looked around for her for a second, but it was pretty dark, so I just decided to go back in the van and lock the doors. A few minutes later, I heard beating on the window. It was loud and pretty scary. It did appear to be her, so I opened the door and let her in. She was completely naked at this point. I gave her a confused look and she said that she just ran off to freak me out. She kept laughing and then started kissing me. I went along with it even though I was a little freaked out. I don't want to share graphic details, but she requested doing some really weird and odd things that I didn't feel comfortable doing. She was rough and violent when we were messing around. I finally tell her to stop and tell her that I wasn't comfortable anymore. She told me to get out of the van. I asked if she could drive me back home, but she insisted and shoved me out and left me there while driving off. I still had my phone, so I decided to call the police. I let them know where I was and that I felt unsafe. They shortly arrived and I told them what happened. While we were talking, she came back in her van. They talked to her and said they were going to take her in. 
The next day, I got a long message berating me over calling the cops on her. She said what I did was uncalled for and childish. I haven't spoke to her since. Never actually met any of these individuals, but got too close for comfort. Let me explain. When I was younger, I got to the point where sexual frustration pushed me to the point of desperation, so I made a grinder. Finally, an outlet for my repressed sexuality. My virginity became a burden, a curse I wanted to pass off. I didn't want it anymore and was willing to give it to anyone who would take it. And thus, the predator swooped in. They could smell my desperation and started circling. Anyone who has used Grinder knows about the amount of weird older guys looking for any men is surprisingly high. Now, that's in a normal environment. How about in the middle of Arkansas? The levels were sickening. They were everywhere. Now, granted, a silver fox has a certain allure, but these weren't silver foxes. These were mangly coyotes prowling on young prey. Most of the population around where I lived at the time, and unfortunately where I live now, are what can only be described as white trash, meth head hillbillies. So these weren't attractive older men looking to lead me down a path of discovery. These were 40 year old creatures looking to take advantage of my desperation. Now, fortunately, I always chickened out or came to my senses before I went too far, but sometimes it got a little too close. One time, the individual was just down the road from my house when I changed my mind. So I never met these people face to face, but the thought of what could have happened if I had still sends shivers down my spine to this day. Though this is more of a virtual encounter, it's still plenty creepy, so don't worry. In the past week, I have came across this TikTok account by the name of You Shouldn't Be Looking. Allow me to paint a picture of the post featured on this account before you decide to be brave enough to check it out yourself. Its first post, October 4th, 2020, is a video of a rotting pumpkin being filmed by shaky camera work. Nothing too sinister, right? How is that even a little creepy? Well, it's about to get a whole lot worse. On the 7th, they've posted six more videos. These are the ones that really started freaking me out. The first two videos posted that night were of a seemingly empty road surrounded by trees and one street lamp. In one of those videos, you can hear a cameraman walking. In the back, faint singing and voices can also be heard. The third video posted after those two is showing something wrapped in a plaid blanket laying on the floor of the woods. The man filming, assuming it's a man, and I'm fairly certain it is, is kicking leaves on top of the bundles. The video after is where it starts getting heavy. We can see this man dragging along a small blue suitcase. The suitcase appears to be leaking blood on the floor as he drags it along. The suitcase seems to be very full of whatever the fuck it is and has bounced of duct tape around it. The fifth video posted that night is perhaps the most chilling in my opinion. The video starts off with him walking slowly to the edge of a bridge he only has one sock on and is clearly soaking wet. He follows a small trail of blood until he finally shows a large patch of it. And what do you think is sitting on the ledge of the bridge? If you guess the suitcase, you are correct. He then proceeds to show his gloved hand, pushing the suitcase off into the water. Oh, and did I mention the song playing in the back of the video? 
It was It's So Hard to Say Goodbye by Kenny Vance. The sixth and final video posted that night is him showing various drawings, all of which of course are terrifying and disturbing. What gets me though is the fact that his hands are, one, shaky as fuck, two, covered in scratches like seriously, I mean covered. Before I saw the scratches, I thought that maybe he could be just another thing, like Ash Vlogs, the ARG. I don't know if you remember that, or it ends up just being some little film project. But those scratches, they make you feel like it was so much more real. Lastly, before I go, I would like to mention that every single one of these videos so far have been captioned with the same exact hashtags every time. Hashtag don't look. Hashtag you shouldn't be here. Hashtag hide. Hashtag don't you remember the summer by the river. Hashtag leave me alone. Hashtag go away. If you are brave enough to check out the videos posted so far, please do so. But I will continue to update the situation. I have also been saving every single video to my camera roll. This account I feel is real and shouldn't be taken lightly. It feels too real at this point. It feels way too real. 